0: Thank you for listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Please, don't turn that dial. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Chapter 23 There was a knocking at my door. It would keep. The thing about knocking, or a ringing telephone, is that most people react to them like some sort of Pavlovian dog. They get exasperated when they are interrupted, when it is they themselves that are doing the interrupting. I chose not to do so. It was ten to eight. Many was the day when that time might find me sound asleep, or, in case that state should sound too healthful, at least powerfully unconscious. But not today. Sleep had been fitful, and in the end hunger had won out. I had neatly lifted the cap off my soft-boiled egg only four minutes ago, and I would not be rushed. The knocking was persistent, I'd have to give it that. That alone was worthy of consideration. Most people would give up and go away, assuming that I was not home. Whomever was currently standing at my door seemed fairly certain that I was on the other side of it. They also seemed unprepared for the possibility that I would simply ignore them. I dipped another toast soldier in my egg. This was really the only way to eat a soft-boiled egg, and usually I couldn't be bothered. Usually I boiled it a little too long and scooped the whole mess out onto a single piece of rye toast, buttered and uncut. Then I mashed it around with a fork and made sort of an open-faced sandwich. It was good. This was better. I dunked the toast in the egg again. I was getting down to the last of the yolk, which would mean it would be time to move on to stage two, scraping the inside of the shell out with a teaspoon to collect the egg white along the sides. This is how I ate them when I was a kid, and most of the time I was too grown up to do it now even when no one was watching, which was almost all the time. The knocking came again. It was heavier. Someone had either switched from using their knuckles to using the side of their fist, or been pushed aside by a companion who feared they might be doing it wrong. It seemed safest to assume the latter. I looked at the coat pegs behind the door. My automatic was hanging there in its shoulder holster, precisely where I had taken it off last night. That seemed a little sloppy, though I had to admit it was the usual state of things. There was a loose floorboard in front of the door, it seemed unlikely that I could get to the gun without giving my proximity to the door away, which, as of yet, I did not wish to do. I took the last bite of toast in egg, wiped my hands together to remove any offending crumbs, and opened the bread box. I do not keep bread in the bread box. Not that it wasn't a good spot, but it tended to make a mess of the handgun I kept in there. It was a 38 with a nice balance and a good feeling in your hand. I didn't carry this one much anymore. I had become a fan of the big boom made by the 45, but this would do in a pinch. The knock came again. I took another swallow of my coffee and considered digging out the white of the egg. I was uncertain of this as it required two hands and some concentration, but I was standing in the kitchen with the counter between me and the open space of the front room, a nice clear sight line to the front door and a 38 special on the small ledge in front of me. I started digging out the egg. It was worth it. The knocking came again louder this time, trying hard to wake me up. It wouldn't be the landlord, he'd been paid. There were a few outstanding bills, but nothing worth sending some guys over for. Certainly not at eight in the morning. It could not be a friendly neighbor telling me to bring in the cat, as I had neither. Brush salesmen didn't work this early. Neither did door-to-door god salesmen. I put down the egg in the spoon. That was good. This had been going on for five or six minutes now, which might not seem like a long time, but is in fact several minutes beyond much too persistent someone was quite sure that i was in here and had been instructed to make some sort of contact with me cops would almost certainly have said something along the lines of open up police by now they couldn't be blamed they had seen as many movies as i had and couldn't help but fall into their roles as written besides why would cops be at my door i hadn't broken a single law since the last time i had seen them which was actually pretty amazing by my standards the knocking had stopped i waited. A moment later I heard the soft rattling of the doorknob. I smiled and went back to my coffee. I had a couple of minutes. One of the fringe benefits of knowing almost as much about lockpicking as the professionals is that you have a general idea of what you are looking for when shopping for a lock that will actually keep people out of your apartment. Nothing would keep out someone who was really good, but someone who was really good wouldn't have knocked for five minutes first. "'Neither would someone who wasn't an idiot, "'since everyone on my floor must now be awake "'and know that Jack Justice had visitors. "'I was briefly sorry for that, "'but it was about to get a whole lot louder. Two minutes later, there were three loud thumps at the door, "'different than the knocks had been. "'Someone had got frustrated and tried to kick the door in. "'This was fairly stupid, as the door actually opened out, "'and there was a heavy frame that prevented exactly what they were trying. "'Was I going to have to actually let these boobs in?' Another soft rattle told me that they had gone back to working the lock. Maybe I had time to get the automatic anyway. Maybe not. I finished my coffee and rinsed out the cup quietly. There was a soft click from the doorway, and I knew that they were in at last. I picked up the 38. There was a light on in my bedroom, and I knew that it would catch their eye first. Part of me wished that I had turned the shower on when the knocking started, but that would have precluded my enjoyment of the toast soldiers, and it didn't really matter. They were mine. Two bulky shapes in overcoats crept in, their hats pulled low over their eyes. The first one would be cake. The second one might get a shot away, and he might not. They certainly weren't expecting an armed response from the kitchenette. Trouble was, I didn't really have time for either of them to be dead right now, or even crippled. Either option would turn my apartment into a crime scene, and that would tie me up for hours. If they were here, they were also elsewhere, and that meant I had things to do. The easiest shot in the world is a kill shot. Human beings keep almost all of their most precious organs in the same package, which is also the largest target on the human body, center mass. The problem became once you had decided not to actually kill somebody, but not get killed yourself in the process. There were places you could hit a man and probably not kill him, even places that made it fairly likely that he could retreat under his own power, but they were smaller targets. A handgun is not, whatever you might think, the world's most accurate weapon. It is very good for killing. Not killing is someone else's job. But today the 38 would have to do. I pumped the first shot into the lead man's left shoulder. It came in a little high and looked like it shattered the bone in the socket. This was good and bad. He went down like a sack of oatmeal, but I didn't really want him going into shock. His partner wheeled around and squeezed off two fast shots from a big automatic, but he had no idea what he was aiming at. Just an instant filled with something less than panic would have served him well, but it was not a lesson he would learn today. He had turned to face me, presenting me with the biggest target he possibly could. He was so clumsy he was practically moving in slow motion like in the pictures. It was almost a shame not to kill him. I put one into his right thigh and he wailed like a baby. I put a second one into his gun arm and he dropped his rod. He staggered towards the door shouting oaths as he did so, which could help clear the hallway of eavesdropping neighbors if the gunplay hadn't already. "'The first one was up again, or at least on his knees, "'twisting across his body to get a decent look at the kitchen counter where I stood. "'I was not there anymore, of course. "'I had stepped out from what the landlord had described "'when I saw the place as the breakfast nook and into the front room. "'In the process, I was almost behind the wounded thug, "'and the hole in his shoulder was presented to me as a gory mess. "'I brought my foot up and planted it solid into the wound. "'He howled, and I used my gun to sledge him across the side of the head. "'Not too hard, Jack. Don't want to put him out.' The blow staggered him, and I switched my pistol into my left hand and leaned over to take his. When the fog cleared from his eyes a second later, I had the thirty-eight leveled in his face. Run, I said. He ran. There would be sirens soon. I had no time for this. I put on my shoulder holster and pulled my jacket over top. I put the thirty-eight in one pocket and the gunzel's automatic in the other. I was now excessively well armed. I grabbed my hat, thrust it on, and pushed the door shut as I walked out. I heard the latch click, and knew they had not broken my lock, which meant the cops probably would when they arrived. I took the service stairs down the back. Rosetti had soldiers watching my apartment long enough to be sure that I was there and then given the order. He was clearing up loose ends. That was fine. I had been a loose end before, and it looked like I would be again. The street was dicey. If there had been more waiting down there, they might have given me trouble. I didn't know who and I didn't know where, but there was nothing. I had a moment's hesitation before starting my car, but if they were going to blow me up, why would they have tried to shoot me first? Mind you, after this it looked like it was taxis for a while, and me without an expense account. The traffic was bad. I raced down side streets and alleys as best I could, but there was no way for me to get anywhere without hitting the morning rush from time to time. If they had gone to Trixie's apartment first, there wasn't much I could do about it. But she struck me as an open-up-at-nine-on-the-dot kind of girl, and I was hoping that Rosetti thought so too so I headed for the office of the girl detective at the best speed I could make. I pulled the car in sideways and sprinted for the door. If they were waiting for her outside, I was completely exposed, and there wasn't much I could do about that but get unexposed as quick as I could. I raced through the lobby and pounded up the stairs two at a time. When I hit her floor, I opened the door and moved down the hallway quickly and silently, the way you only can when your life has depended upon both often enough not to think about it. Her door was closed, but it was pretty clear that it had been forced, probably with a pry bar. "'Not exactly a finesse job. "'The splinters had been hastily cleared away "'by whoever had done the job, but the frame was cracked. "'The latch probably wouldn't even catch. "'I wished I knew the layout of the room inside. "'I could expect two of them, that much seemed certain. "'One would be sitting at her desk chair, "'and that would almost certainly be right across from the door "'so she could greet potential clients the moment they came in. "'The other one could be anywhere, "'but the number of doors on this floor suggested "'that the offices themselves couldn't be big. "'One room.' "'Take your shot and make it your best. "'No more fancy shooting, Tex. "'I kicked the door in and put the first shot into the brain of the one at the desk. "'He was a big one and all set to smile when he got it. "'The second one was on the left, in the corner and with no cover. "'A sweet spot if you plan to surprise a girl with her overcoat buttoned up "'and no way to reach her hidden piece. "'A lousy spot for a gunfight. "'He got one away before I could turn to him, "'but he was in too much of a hurry and the round buried itself in the doorframe. "'He didn't get a second shot.' I put two in his chest and he was gone before he hit the floor. No sign of Trixie. Something must have held her up. I looked around the room. It had been trashed from top to bottom. What the hell could they have been searching for? Or was this all just calculated for effect? Put the scare into her, was that the point? I looked at the two gorillas and found it hard to believe that they would put the point too delicately if that was indeed their plan. Besides, they were gangsters, they were armed, and they were dead. I was in the clear beyond the fact that this last point would drive Lieutenant Sabian into apoplexy. So, do you like comedy? If you do, then Friday Follies might be just the feed for you. From the Mutual Audio Network, every Friday we bring you a selection of hilarious audio drama And you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. Just search for Friday Follies, or you could subscribe to the main Mutual Audio Network feed. It's up to you. Find us there. The Mutual Audio Network, listening and imagining together.